Hello and welcome to the PSG review, the show having a wonderful August like our team on the pitch, also known as the show still looking for its place. A little bit like Kylian Pape catching up with the others who started the season before him. My name is Miko, great to have you with me and today we talk all things about the Montpellier match played on Saturday night. I am recording as it has just ended and of course we talk about Mercato, the transfer window which still is open for some weeks until September the 1st some quite outrageous rumors out there but more of that a little bit later and we also will give you an update about our women's team their transfer situation of course and there's also been some announcements and interviews there as well as the team is in the preseason and preparing for the Trophée de Champions against OL which will be played 28th of August. All of that is to come but for now we go to Saturday night's entertainment as Montpellier arrived to Parc des Princes for the first PSG home match of this campaign. PSG's starting lineup was Donnarumma in goal, Ramos, the captain Marquinhos and birthday boy Kimbembe in defense, Hakimi and Mendes as wingbacks, midfield with Verratti and Vitinha and Kylian Mbappe returned to pitch after his suspension and small injury he had one week a go to accompany the dominant duo Messi and Neymar. Mbappe, by the way, is the only one of those and only one in the whole team who made it to the Ballon d'Or shortlist this year. I was thinking that they should provide Messi and Neymar with the fire in their bellies to show that they should not be quite ruled out and counted out yet. Nuna Mendes was nominated for the Copa Trophy for the best young player and from our women's side it was only Marie-Antoinette Catoto and Cadidiani on the list which just goes to show how problematic this whole endeavor is no Grace Gioro but yes yes I have digressed now for Montpellier there were some familiar faces and names on the starting lineup Vapi Kasri of course we know him better as a Saint-Étienne player he's now in Montpellier also Tessy Chabanier he's there and he scored a nice goal on the match day one for Montpellier as well and of course our former PSG player and youth product Mamadou Sako was on the bench Paris had won 8 out of the last 9 matches against Montpellier and before this match they were on a 22 match unbeaten run at Parc des Princes which is very good of course. And our Parisians started with nothing short of domination. The first 10 minutes saw PSG ball possession at 75% with only an occasional interruption by the Montpellier side but not an awful lot to show for it for our Parisians, not really even half chances as the visiting team was keeping things very compact in front of their goal. Mbappe was not quite his usual self in his usual form which is understandable, of course he's been away for for a while, he's had a few reasons like said suspension and also a small injury that he had last week in the first match of the season, so you know it's understandable that he's not quite yet on the same level as the other ones who already have uh, much more competitive minutes behind them and it also has to be said that initially he didn't really see too much of the ball around 16 minutes there was the first proper chance for PSG after solid build-up Messi gave a beautiful pass to Neymar but he was too close to the goalkeeper and could not finish it with his first touch 
I mentioned about Mbappe, I mentioned about Neymar and, and all that. A small observation that I made quite early on, but I think it carried on throughout the, the course of the match. Maybe it's in, inconsequential. I really certainly hope that it is. But Messi and Neymar, they're playing very well together. Whereas Hakimi and Mbappe, they are linking up pretty well. But these two pairs, they are a little bit too separate on the pitch. They are not quite interlinking like we need them to. After 20 minutes, there was a handball in the box, which after a video check resulted in a PSG penalty. And instead of Neymar, Mbappe went to take it and his shot wasn't great, but the save was. After saving Mbappe's penalty, Montpellier's Swiss goalkeeper Jonas Umlan uh, also had a great save from Messi's free kick that could have easily gone in without a great stretch. Moments later, he had an equally good stop from Messi's shot, again from outside of the box. So he was very good, but PSG was also starting to get increasingly close to scoring that first goal. I think that there should have been another penalty around half an hour. I'm obviously very biased. Obviously, I'm very biased, but Neymar was brought down in the box. And to me, it seemed like a very strong case for a spot kick. But a team of referees on the pitch and VAR booth didn't think so. While PSG was struggling to get the ball behind Omlan, Montpellier came to help. A, a moment of confusion in the box. A little bit of a bizarre situation as Hakimi and Verratti, they kind of collided in, inside the Montpellier area. But Hakimi managed to give the ball to Mbappe, who kicked it in front of the goal. And in this, from the Montpellier's angle, quite unlucky chain of events, the defender Sako uh, put it into the goal, the own goal. So... PSG was one up with an own goal. Four minutes later, the second penalty finally came and this time Neymar took it. And you know that Neymar does not miss penalties. It was 2-0 for our red and blue shirts. And I wonder how Mbappe felt in that moment. Was it a conversation that they were having? Because surely he would have been keen to correct his first error. I don't know. He was clearly frustrated in general. Briefly afterwards, Mbappe, when he didn't get the pass during a counter-attack, just sort of stopped running, waving his arms around while the situation was still on. The other players were playing, but he was—he sort of like gave up on that situation because he did not get a ball. All in all, his first half was very frustrated. And I think he was just trying too hard. He was trying too much, too hard. The penalty could have liberated him, but instead it kind of did the opposite. It's not a great thing, but 2-0 was the halftime score. And we know that Kylian is such a competitor he really wants goals, he wants assists, he wants he wants to be in the middle of all action and he wants to be decisive. I mean, this is hardly breaking news at this point. The first half wasn't it for him. It might also be the new system. He's finding himself a little bit outside of his usual position. So this is a challenge for Galtier to fix, something that he certainly needs to think about. Second half started in a fashion that the first one had ended. Neymar is working hard currently, very, very hard. He's playing wonderful football in all areas on the pitch. He's helping with defense. He's very good on the midfield. He's bringing the ball up, but then he's also doing a lot on the very sort of like a high areas of attack. He was pressing very high up, forcing Montpellier to a misplaced pass, which Mbappe got. He moved it to Hakimi and Neymar headed the cross in after some deflections. 3-0 for Paris after 50 minutes. A small setback soon after, a shot in our area which Donnarumma saved first but the rebound went to unattended Kasri who got one goal back from Montpellier. But 
that didn't change the match too much. It was a sort of working accident. And 10 minutes later, Mbappe scored. Finally, he scored his goal. A kind of Slatanesque stretch from a corner kick. Still, and I don't want to be one of these people who is interpreting body language and what this means and what does it not mean, but even this goal didn't bring much of a smile on his face. But I think we have to remember that he also deals with a lot of pressure and some of it is self-inflicted, no doubt, as no matter what you or I expect from him, he is bound to expect a lot more from himself. But when he plays it with a smile on his face, it's much more likely that he will do better. I think this has been something that we have seen before, but a great goal from him. You can't take anything away from that. It was a great goal from him. And he has scored a lot of goals throughout the years, but I can't remember quite a goal like this from him before. One of the noteworthy things was that there seemed to be very little rotation. I guess the the run of play was such that it was a little bit difficult to start making big changes and it really felt like you could have taken Pape out and bring Ekitike in for some playing time as well, which he also needs. But at the same time, I don't know how well that would have gone down in the Mbappe camp. You know, he also needs his minutes. Mbappe needs his minutes. He's still a little bit behind others in terms of starting this season. So we kind of like have to look everything through this lens. But when you're talking about these world, 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 world class players, it's kind of easy to to expect so much and like said you know he will expect more even more than whatever we expect from him but but nevertheless it was good that he was getting his minutes and it was good that he was getting his opportunities I know he looked very frustrated for large parts of the match even at the very end but it's a long season and there's a lot to be done there's a world cup there's all sorts of things so He's got more than enough time to to start catching up everybody else in the top scorer list and, and top assists and all this and all that. And we also have to take into consideration when it comes to that that he wants to be the best, but he's also playing next to Neymar and Messi. So they are not necessarily going to make it easy for him to always in every single match to stand out as the number one player. This was more the case last year when things didn't work out so well for everybody else. But this season, if everything goes well, as it seems to be going, this is very early days, like super early days, of course, but things are going very well for the other players, which is good for the team all in all. So Mbappe doesn't quite shine in the same way. I'm really analyzing his uh, efforts or, 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 or interpreting these things now, maybe a little bit too much. I don't really want to do that, but at the same time, you know, he's one of those players that you, you kind of have to a little bit. You kind of have to look into what it is and and all that. And now it's easier to do that, of course, because not every uh, time that he doesn't smile for whatever reason, we have to think that, oh, will he not extend? Well, he already extended. He's a Paris player now. So I think it is as important for him as it is for Galtier, as it is for the whole team, as it is for all of us fans and supporters that... Uh, they will find a great ways forward. When it comes to rotation, yes, Vitinha made room for Paredes and sometime later also Renato Sanchez came in for Verratti and Pape finally made way for Sarabia, not Ekitike like I had thought of. Firstly, you know, I had thought that maybe that would have been the, the change that could have happened, but, but it was Sarabia who came in. The substitution, however, that got the most attention was Mamadou Sako 
coming in and getting a very, very warm welcome by Parc de Prince, well-deserved. It was a wonderful thing to see, even if he plays for the opponents, but, you know, he is one of our players also. And in all that mix of changes, things happening and all that, Neymar scored his third goal for a hat-trick from a Messi assist. There was a great cross from Mens before that, but the goal didn't stand after video review. But Renato Sanchez... He, however, didn't waste any time. Like when he came on to the pitch, he scored his first goal for PSG 5-1 from another men's cross also. It was really great for him to get such a good start. It was really one of his first touches to the ball. I mean, there hadn't been too many. A moment after he came in, he managed to score a goal. So I'm very, very happy for him. What a perfect start for Renato Sanchez in Parisian colors. Montpellier scored another goal in an added time, so 5-2 in the end, that was the final scoreline. All in all, Neymar was just really a wonderful player to watch. It was joy to watch him, really means business and we know how much the World Cup a little later this year means to him and also just how much pressure he has on his shoulder when it comes to that, but he's really on fire and long may it last and may all the injuries stay away from him this season. Vitinha and Nuna Mens are quietly great, like they don't make a big number out of themselves, their playing style is such, but you know, very solid match from both of them, as it was of course from Marco Verratti, we've come to expect that, so it almost goes without saying. The back three is working pretty well, all things considered, even if we still have some weaknesses there, I mean, there are two conceded goals as evidence of that, but setting aside the early difficulties to get the game going, It was a pretty good match. Maybe not, you know, on the same way as the first match. It was also a little bit different opponent, but it was still a good match, fun match to watch. Kilian's role is a little bit looking for its place, but I do trust that Caltier will figure this out. I mean, that's the kind of coach that we, you know, the club hired for for these kind of situations that he can find solutions and he can find answers. So I really think that he will have to work on that and figure it out in together with all the players. But it is something that I trust that he will be able to do. But just to say that this is certainly something that is on his to-do list. Let's talk about transfers. Fabian Ruiz's deal seems to be more or less sorted out with Napoli. I was talking about it in the previous episode more. But now that Keylor Navas seems to be going the other way, there are still a few things to iron out between the clubs. Both of the deals, whether tied together or separate, seems to be fairly likely to happen anyway. Otherwise, the rumors are very much alive as we start approaching the last couple of weeks of the transfer window in the absence of much progress or any progress with that screenier deal that has been, you know, hovering over us throughout this whole summer. Louis Campos has reportedly been looking into former Strasbourg centre-back Mohamed Simakan, who currently is a Abi Leipzig player. Simakan sort of first entered my radar when he had a great match against us in a way that you rarely see in Ligue 1 uh, the season before the last, before he moved to Germany and not sure how life in Bundesliga has been since. Leipzig, of course, won the German Cup last season or the DFP Pokal, but I'm unable to elaborate on his contribution to it in any detail. Simakan, anyway, he is 22 years old, originally from Marseille, but never played for them in the first team and has also been featured in the France under-20 national team. 
So we are on the lookout for that. The initial price is said to be around 40 million euros. And there are also some suggestions that Simakon isn't the only French defender PSG is looking into, but this would be an alternative option, not an additional one. So based on what we know, one centre-back should be coming. Uh, another name mentioned now is 24-year-old Axel Desasi from Monaco. He's also centre-back, of course, that's what we're talking about, and apparently highly rated by Compass. We wait and see what comes out of this, if anything. For this summer, a, a rare Hollywood transfer type of news. There's also a rumour about Marcus Rashford being a target for PSG. It seems that Manchester United isn't, however, keen to sell him. He's still, of course, a young player. His last season was very forgettable with injury issues and such. And he's, of course, also very expensive, like very, very expensive. The word on the streets is that Manchester United would ask for 120 million pounds, which is around 140 million euros. And there is a chance that despite Manchester United finding itself in a little bit of a shambolic state at the moment, the old there is some interest from PSG line might be used by the agent to help in the renewal negotiations in Manchester. We don't know, but it seems like it could be the case. I I, I don't know. But it would be not the first time that this has happened when it comes to these players who are very famous. We are all too familiar with this stuff, and I don't necessarily see this deal happening. Certainly not this season, this summer, but who knows about the future. Anything is possible, and anything, of course, is possible even in the next few weeks. But if I was a betting man, which I am not... I would not put money on this one. Anout Kalimuendo has now gone to Stade Rennes that is now official, uh, reportedly for 25 million euros. The deal is permanent transfer, so we say thank you to him. And while I'm feeling a little bit melancholic about it because his departure was tied into the impossibility of selling Icardi, it might be the best option for everyone that... He can go somewhere where he will be getting playing time more consistently. I mean, even at the best case scenario in Paris, it would have been a little bit more sporadic. But I, I really hope that in Rennes, he can establish himself as a as a starter and, and have a great career. And hopefully we also have some kind of a, um, a percentage on a future sales, if, if that should be the case. I mean, I would have loved to see him play in Paris, but I get it. I really do. It would have been a big ask. And also, of course, he was one of the very few players that the club was willing to let go who pretty much sold himself. I mean, his level was such that he had teams that wanted to buy him and pay some actual money for him and not sort of negotiate some kind of like a deal that is terrible for us just because we need to get rid of player because he was not a player that we urgently needed to get rid of he didn't have a high salary in Paris and and he's a very good player so there could have been some use for him but I'm sure that Staderen has more use for him there are others other players who don't really necessarily want to go or don't accept the offers that are made as things stand Idrissagana is one of them as he's hesitating to return to the blue side of Liverpool to Everton where he initially was bought from to PSG that deal seems dead in the water at the moment Tilokera could be close to joining West Ham in London this time last time it was Sevilla and Junior Dinay Bimba seems to be going to Frankfurt I wish good luck to him too, both of them, if these deals go through. But none of these have been finalized, so they're still a little bit up in the air. Like I said, the situation with Kaylo Navas is still open. I was talking about it before. 
the links to Napoli have been well reported. Napoli just signed also a former keeper, Salvatore Sirico, but he is seen as a backup as far as I have understood. Galtier was praising the work ethic and professionalism of Navas despite the rumors and of course it is understandable if one of the best keepers in the world doesn't want to sit on the bench. I mean, you have to understand that, you have to respect that. But I do feel for Keylor Navas because this is how he ended up in Paris after the same thing happened in Madrid. This will also mean that Sergio Rico will be a backup keeper if Navas goes as he seems to be doing. Last season Rico was on loan with Mallorca and before that he was sporadically playing in the absence or rest of Navas. Of course for PSG, biggest match he played for us was the Champions League semi-final in 2022 against Leipzig almost two years to the date as I'm recording and then he of course kept a clean sheet as we made our way to the final. Something that Rico doesn't have the required level to be the second keeper. I think this is a little bit of an exaggeration. I think he's a decent keeper. He's not on a level of a starter in a big club. And that's why he isn't a starter. He's a backup keeper. Sometimes we forget that having both Donnarumma and Navas wasn't very normal situation. It's very unusual to have world-class keeper on a bench. When Courtois went to Madrid and Navas came to Paris, Madrid's backup keeper was Alphonse Areola. Because you don't tend to have the luxury of having two world-class keepers in the squad. And when you do, like we have had last season, and even now in the beginning of this season, we also know that there are other challenges that come with that. It's not easy to have two world-class and inform happy goalkeepers in the same team at the same time. Of course, it is also a factor that Keylor Navarro has been on a high salary in Paris, so the mission is to release some of that financial pressure, which inevitably will have an impact in the future. I don't know if I have to pinch myself, but there has even been some talk about some kind of arrangements for Ander Herrera to go to La Liga, but there still seems to be quite a few things to get in order and agreed before that is a reality, and it's been all quiet on the Traxler and Cursava front, while Icardi rumors to Monza have been denied pretty categorically by the promoted Serie A team. PSG women are getting ready to start their campaign or at least enter a new phase of the preparation. The last of the internationals have returned to the training center and the first preseason friendly will be on Tuesday 16th of August against Manchester United. That is next week as I'm recording. A week later they will play against Levante and then on August 28th it is Trophée de Champions against OL. That match will be an interesting test to see where we are at the moment and how well the new players and the summer's Euro contestants have adopted to the required rhythm. That match will be played at the Stade Masset-Tripu in Dunkirk and the capacity there is fewer than 5,000 people so we can safely say that the French women's football isn't trying to piggyback on the current post-Euro women's football boom. It's a very bizarre choice just because of the size but uh, what can you do? I expect there to be two teams in that match, Trophée de Champions, that aren't super ready, you know, competing for a trophy and perhaps more than that. Well, not the bracking rights, for, but for the psychological advantage to start the season with. Not sure how much it counts, but I certainly never want to lose to OL. That's like one of the things that I don't want to see ever happening, even if it sometimes inevitably does happen. But I don't want to, I don't want our women's team to lose to OL women's team. I mentioned there about 
the new players already and in a previous episode of PSG review I think it was in June I was talking about this team and how it was said then back then already that there is going to be some structural change coming also and as it turns out it has gone more or less exactly like those rumors then suggested. The new sporting director for women is Angelo Castellasi and his second in line is our former captain Sabrina Delanoy who has been working in the PhD foundation for the past years. So they have to play a little bit of a catch up to sign some new players but I'm happy to report that they have started really well. They've had a great start. The Austrian international centre-back of Bulgarian origin, I think, Marina Georgieva was announced as a new PSG player on Thursday. She was playing in the Euros as well and comes from SC Sand from the Bundesliga. Very happy to have her on board. We really needed one centre-back, I feel, and she has now come for that position. The new coach, Gerard Brescher, also gave his first proper interview as a PSG manager. Very common method. You know, we all know the challenges. The transfer window has been very slow for us while other clubs have recruited good players already but the process to get rid of the former sporting director Rame and the coach Didier Olnikol took longer than any of us hoped for and with the departures and Katoto's injury we still need more players especially for midfield but it's work in progress and we need to have patience. The Dion starts on 10th of September which is two weeks after the Trophée de Champions and Champions League will be coming at some point after that. This year, of course, we are in the draw as a runners-up, but I would like to think we should be able to do well in the group, even if it wasn't quite as emphatic as last year. That is all for now for this episode of PSG Review. Next match for our men's team is against Lille on the road on 21st of August, and until that, there's a very little doubt that the transfer news will be coming and going. Hopefully soon enough we have some proper announcements as well, as it all has been dominated by all the rumors and I don't really get much pleasure to report them you know in a perfect world we could just have announcements but this is the nature of football fans summer at least as far as the northern hemisphere goes for us it is the summer my name is Miko thank you so much for listening we will be following the news and developments and talk about them when there's something more to say but for now take care talk to you soon and peace peace